Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I have a very special guest. This is Cora Miller, of um, owner, creator of Young King Hair Care Line. I am so excited to speak with you. How are you, Cora? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to have you on. So we will talk in depth about Young King Hair Care Line because I think it's fantastic. I use it for my son, so we will talk about that. But um, tell me about your motherhood journey, your family life, and then we'll kind of go into everything else. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, am born and raised from Southern California. I actually grew up with a single mom um, who just, to me, was everything. Uh, She was a a nurse. Um, While raising me, she went back to school to get her bachelor's in nursing. Um, And it was just me, um, her and my sister. Um, And we just grew up together. Um, But she provided to the point where I didn't even realize um, we had struggle um, at times. Um, I never wanted for anything. And so in my eyes, she is the epitome of what motherhood is um, about grinding, providing, um, and doing everything you can to provide um, for your children. Um, And so with her as an example, I think a lot of what she's instilled in me certainly has reflected in, you know, how I raised my son and, and who I am just as a person. Um, I, I've always recognized the importance of just, um, just going after, you know, what you want out of life. Um, and, and even beyond just entrepreneurship, but just finding that, that joy, that's that something that keeps you motivated going exactly that purpose. And, you know, for my mom, it was, it was her children, obviously, but it was ensuring that her children knew um, how much we were loved and, and providing for us in spite of. Um, and so that was her purpose and she'll tell you that all day. Aww. And obviously my, my son is my purpose and, and why I've you know, been grinding and going down this entrepreneur journey. So I, all of that to say, I just think you know, my upbringing, witnessing her, what she sacrificed for my sister and I is definitely a big part of my, my motherhood journey. That's awesome. And how old is your son? Um, my son is three and a half and, and a handful. <laughs> we have, I have a, well, he's no longer two and a half. He'll be three in November and he's a handful. But yes. in an amazing, amazing way. Correct, correct. Just seeing th- their personalities come out. I mean, obviously babies have personalities, but now when you get into, you know, full sentences and conversations and arguments, actually. <laughs> I'm like, why am I arguing with three-year-old? But um, 
he just sees so much of their personality and I, I just love it. I just love how independent and, and strong minded he is. I know. And I think that's one of the things like my sister and I discuss about with raising our children now my sister it's funny i'm eight years older than her but we're both having babies at the same time her oh, daughter's yeah. gonna be a year old so it's beautiful that we're kind of on this journey together yeah mm-hmm. think on that in saying like i want my son to have a voice i feel mm-hmm. like it's so so important in this day mm-hmm. and age and Absolutely. again we'll get into you know so many other things but um because if we don't allow them to have a voice they'll have it somewhere else you know, correct goes to so many things correct and i know in our generation being raised you know i'm sure we're around the same age it's we were seen not heard mm-hmm. and maybe not in every household but it was that like traditional kind of like mm-hmm. you had to say so but it's i just feel like it's just it's so it was a little bit muted it was a, a muted little bit yeah on some yeah. level yeah. yeah and my son has a very strong personality and i i i I struggle with allowing him that, but of course, having respect for me and his father Correct. and, you know, his grandparents, but I definitely allow him to have that voice. Right. I think it's important to to balance, you know, that voice, that strong will, that nature, personality, but while also still doing it in a respectful way. And I Correct. think to your point, you know, when we were younger, at least, you know, my generation growing up, it was, you can have a say but not too much. Like (laughs) there wasn't room for debate oftentimes, whereas I appreciate the curiosity. I appreciate the questions and I like engaging in him to understand his perspective. I think that's important. And uh, that's something definitely that I'll continue to to do as he gets older. And I think when they are asking, it's like they're, they want to know. And I feel Mm -hmm. like once we start shutting that down, they won't Mm -hmm. be as curious with us. And then when they are around their peers, as they do get older and we have less influence, Mm -hmm. that is when it's opened and we start. So I'm like, no, whatever you need, Mm -hmm. you know, and my husband's really good with that. He probably has more of the patience than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Just because as a mom, I'm like, no, I got to do this, this, that. Right. Right. but it's just important. So anyway, Cora, so I know you have Young King um, Hair Care Line, but tell me, you said entrepreneur, but what is your actual profession? What did you go to school for? What, yeah. business? what, what did you do prior to creating this magnificent, you know, hair care line for boys? Yeah. Oh, Nicole, that's a long story, but <laughs> so, <laughs> to quickly summarize. So I actually went to school, UNC Chapel Hill for journalism oh, wow. um, and thought I was going to, at one time, I thought I was going to be a sports writer um, and then I switched to public relations. I thought I was going to work for some, you know, prestige PR agency. And that just totally switched for me. Um, my junior year of college, actually, I had an internship working for um, Teach for America. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, yep. So kind of nonprofit education. They train students to come in and teach in kind of um, disadvantaged schools. Um, and that was a really eye-opening um, experience for me and honestly changed the trajectory of what I was going to do. Um, And so I actually was really interested in education um, and really specifically supporting um, students of color. Um, And so I um, went to grad school for nonprofit management and my first job was with a university and I um, supported students as they came up with all these great kind of multicultural cultural awareness events so i was an advisor a a kind of an event planner with them which was really exciting and then i ended up coming back um to atlanta to work um for kip charter schools 
-hmm. And so there, I was there for a couple of years and did school operations, which basically is a title for everything because you work at a charter school and it was really small and it was the first KIPP high school in Atlanta. So I was, you know, school counselor sometimes, cafeteria, (laughs) substitute teacher. But that must have been a great experience. It was. It was a great experience. It was really rewarding, uh, especially now seeing the students, you know, they graduated a couple years ago, but being able to come back to their high school graduation. That's awesome. It was just a really amazing experience. Um, But through all that, funny enough, we ended up moving to Minneapolis and because my husband got a job and I actually ended up in corporate. So I worked for a, a large um, healthcare company, but I did um, their philanthropic kind of grant making um, and social responsibility efforts. So I still stayed in kind of the do-gooder space. My husband says I'm a serial do-gooder. Um, so I still stayed in that space, but now I was working for a large company and really deploying their resources to help kind of communities um, and really target communities based on a specific kind of health need or challenge that they were facing. Yeah. So um, I still do that work in addition to creating and running Young King Hair Care. Really? Yes, I do. So you haven't let go of your corporate, your corporate profession, your corporate job? Well, not yet. That's soon to come. Uh, (laughs) Soon. (laughs) I'm sure. And that's why I, you know, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. So (laughs) So you and your husband, you're together, you moved to Minneapolis. So I'm sure at some point your son comes along. What inspires Young King Hair Care Line? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. So um, my uh, son was just, he just had so much hair. And <laughs> I always joke and say that I wanted a, a little girl because I didn't want to have to worry about hair. And then I get a son with all of the hair. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, at about kind of the six months mark, his hair really, you know, transitioned into his current kind of texture. And I was just trying to figure out what to do with it. Obviously I have natural hair. And so I, I knew kind of the products to use, but it just, it just struck me that the products that I use on my hair, as well as the current products in the kid aisle were very female forward. Um, when you look at the packaging, um, when you look at the marketing, when you look at the scents, um, And even in the kids aisle too, I noticed that they weren't using really kind of plant-based vegan clean ingredients, which I I like to use on my hair. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for me, there was just this this disconnect of how we are celebrating and providing products and tools for our sons as they go on their natural hair care journey. Which we don't talk about. And we don't talk about it, exactly. And and there's also to that point, this disconnect on like hair education Mm -hmm. for our sons and and grooming and what that means kind of to have a Mm self-care regimen. I think about even my cousins growing up. I I grew up with all boy cousins, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was always like, Every Sunday, Cora, hair styling, wash day, mom's doing my hair. This is what you need to do to take care of it. Like, go be free. Whereas my cousins, never those conversations <laughs> happened. It was just taking them to the barbershop every two weeks and that's it. Like, because, because probably because it was so ingrained for Black men to not really embrace their natural hair. Mm-hmm. right they got yes I, I don't even know like when my husband what a fade or you yeah, know whatever a fade, they, just cut it off just cut it but off even, <laughs> and maybe when it, they got older to appreciate it but like you said it's the young it's just no cut it off 
yeah, just cut it off. Yeah. And even though, but even in that cutting off, you still have to wash it. <laughs> you still have to take care of it. Right. Um, you still have to keep it moisturized, especially, you know, it, as it grows out, sure. um, there is still breakage that happens even Absolutely. at the, or, the or dry level. scalp or whatever. Or dry scalp. Yes. All of the things. Yeah. So it's just, um, that just, I don't know. I think it was just in a moment of like an epiphany. You know, epiphany. It really was an epiphany, especially even as he turned a year old and I cut his hair and I cut it because, and I didn't really want to, like my husband didn't want to, but we were, I was just frustrated because the products that I was using, especially the kids, because I wanted to still use a gentle, gentle kids items. They, they weren't effective. And I just, I didn't know what else to do. And so I, I just, I think, again, when he turned a year old and he had his first haircut, I was like, something has to change. And, and husband, I need you to get on board with this journey because I have this wild idea to create natural hair products for our boys and really help to celebrate their natural hair journey, provide that education, provide an easy system for them to use, because that's another thing where you get overwhelmed with so many products, we don't know what to do. So just making it really simplified to help style and maintain your hair. Yeah. Um, and so that just snowballed from there. But that, yeah. that, that happened when he was about a year old. I wow. was like, something has to get. So what was that process like creating something like that to where you knew it was successful? And I'm sure there is so much because you can go in details, but you know, on yeah. a macro level, how was it of the trial and error of the research and the development? Did you take a little bit? Is it is actually answer this? Is there a difference between products of using for boys hair than girls hair? Is there a difference in certain things? We'll talk about what that research and development was like for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and I'm so honest when people ask that question, there is absolutely no difference between boys textured hair and girls textured hair. <laughs> it's the same. Our Afro textured hair is literally the same. I think for me, what I wanted to be distinctive about the product is one, feeling that representation. So when you go to shelf, you see your son can see himself in that aisle. And two, the biggest difference, well, and aside from gradient makeup, that's a whole nother story, but two, just kind of at a broader level is the scent. Um, again, the products, especially kids products, female, the kind of the adult sure. products are very female scented. Um, and even when you go to the male aisle, because there, is, there has been a trend with male textured hair, um, those smell like a grown man. <laughs> so, so there wasn't this happy medium. It's either like you're smelling like Egyptian musk, like you're 25 plus, <laughs> or, or you're walking around very flowery um, and strawberries, which is fine. I mean, you know, that's fine. No, no, I think you hit it on it's that representation. It's the represent I was about to say, it's that representation though, um, and meeting people where they're at. And so um, for the R&D process for me, I wanted to find a strong uh, manufacturer who would be able to create these products in the way that I had in mind and met the performance goals that I had in mind. So for me, it was all about having those clean vegan ingredients. I didn't want junk ingredients that were effective, but ultimately don't promote hair health, hair health and growth. They just work. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to nail the scent. Um, and so we did some focus groups. I did some market research. I did a ton, a ton of things because this took this process took 
well over a year um, sure. from development to kind of finalization well over I would it was probably closer to 18 months I would say because wow. we actually didn't launch go to market until December 2019. Wow which is not even a year. Okay. Right. I know. Not even a year ago. And it's kind of blown up. <laughs> Which we'll get into. Yeah. So I have to ask, of course, where did the name come from? So it's, I, it's probably too much TMI, but I was in my shower and just trying to think of names that I felt were really relevant. So we were throwing all types of things out. And honestly, at this point, I can't even remember half of the names that we came up with. But I just was like, Young King. We use that term a, a lot in the African-American community. We use it a lot to talk about our Black boys. So why not just name it that? <laughs> like, these are our Young Kings. Black and brown boys are Young Kings. They are royalty. Um, and they deserve, they deserve quality products for their crowns. Like, simple as that. So I was like, that's what it is. Young King hair care. And my husband's like, you sure? And I'm like, yes. So. <laughs> It and is. it's worked <laughs> tremendously. It's crazy because my son is mixed. I'm Puerto Rican and Italian. My husband's Jamaican and Guyanese. Mm -hmm. um, and he has this beautiful afro of curls. And yeah, he does. Kind of <laughs> figure out what to do as far as like cutting it because we want to trim it. Mm -hmm. um, but I also struggled with like what products we use. We use some products. Um, kids products. But again, we're also more on the natural side of things and trying to limit the toxic exposure. I feel yes. like, you know, unless we're living on a plant, you know, a, a farm somewhere of, you know, we're like completely in nature, we're going to have right. some toxic exposure, yeah. Yeah. what it is. But try to try limit, limit that. <laughs> yes, exactly. But we try and limit as much as we can. Um, so my girlfriend, one of my best friends, she saw an ad, and it was like a Facebook um, I guess campaign or something. Yeah. And mm -hmm. she tagged me in it and I was like, oh my God, this is like amazing. And then I saw the products um, as far as the ingredients and I, you know, sent it to my husband. He's like, oh, that's so dope. And I'm like, I know. And then <laughs> we put the order in and that was just like it. Um, and it's worked great. I mean, we're still struggling with trying to like decide if we're going to cut his hair and certain mm -hmm. things when he wakes up in the morning. Cause I have curly hair, but obviously his texture is different than mine. Right. And which is different than his father's right so maneuver of how to and i want him to embrace it which is why i don't mm -hmm. want to cut it because he has this beautiful like i said afro mm -hmm. like yes and different textures of different parts of his hair right for something to kind of um to bring that out so thank you we bought the full three care system and even conditioner the essential oils mm -hmm. and the cream the curling yep cream. Which I want to ask, what about the shampoo and conditioner? Are you guys working on that? Yes, I know. That is the biggest question we ask and all no the pressure. time. I mean, and no, no, no. And, and the answer is we are working on that as we speak, um, actually coming this fall. Really? Yes, so that'll be coming soon. So yes. the reason, I, I, just to give the backstory, so we always knew we wanted to do a shampoo and conditioner, and we were trying to figure out, should we release that first? Or should oh, yeah, we I was going to ask. Styling, just, yeah. Yeah, the styling products first, because obviously we're, well, not obviously, but we're bootstrapping. So we're, we're doing, we're per, personally financing the business yeah. right now. Um, and so when we were doing all the R&D, obviously that's a ton of money. So we knew we couldn't release all five products at the same time. Of course. Um, and so 
honestly, we made that decision to go with the styling products first when we did a little consumer research and study. So I actually surveyed over 100 um, parents mm -hmm. to ask them kind of what their needs are and which products that they kind of most immediately needed. Um, and it was the styling. And, and, and I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because you're doing their hair every day, whereas shampoo conditioning, you do that once to two every, every two weeks. Correct. So you don't necessarily need that as frequently, but just the kind of the styling, the maintenance, that was what was That makes sense. Most. That makes sense because yeah, so we released those without washing my son's hair, but we're putting the styling, we're making Correct. sure. So, Correct. and what made you go with the essential oils? Like, I'm so intrigued, like how, yeah. because like even with our hair, you know, or not our, but like as a woman, right? You mm -hmm. know, we have our products. There's so many, we have mousse. We there have so many. How right. did you limit and say, okay, this was it. Again, I'm sure it's, trial and error you figuring out yep. obviously using on your son to where you said okay this this was it this is what we're going to go with so a couple things one you know me personally for my hair i follow the lock method so mm -hmm. liquid oil cream and that's Say what that again the liquid oil cream method okay. um lock and so that process came from me just googling research especially when i transitioned to natural i didn't know what to do at all um, and so I found, I stumbled upon that kind of regimen to ensure that you're constantly keeping moisture in the hair because that's, that's the main thing for our hair. We have to have moisture. We have to keep it hydrated or it'll break. <laughs> like it'll just break off. Mm -hmm. um, and so after struggling, when I first transitioned to becoming natural for months, I finally found this kind of recommended system of liquid oil cream. So you start with a liquid, a leave-in conditioner as kind of a wetting agent. Then you apply an oil mm. to ensure that you're sealing it in. That's what the oil does. And then the cream to really help kind of define the curl pattern. Um, and so that was a, a process that I personally used. So I just used it on my son. Um, and I used it with a bunch of different products because there is actually in the kids segment, there is no oil. There's no kind of oil blend for kids. I haven't seen that, yes. Yeah, and so I was using, I was just trying different oils in and of themselves, like coconut, I was trying, I was trying argon, but I was like, I wanna blend. Um, um, I just felt like they all have different key components in these right. oils that, that work really well together. And so anyways, all of that to say, um, I knew I wanted to do that lock method and create that simplified system for parents awesome. uh, and sons to be able to utilize. It's so that's how and, that came about. And I love that. And I'm, I'm glad I asked that question because my husband can be cynical. So he's like, does he really need all this stuff? Remember my husband, I mean, he keeps his hair fake. Like he doesn't, yeah. you know, he doesn't grow out his hair. He doesn't do anything like that. So he's like, does he really need all this? And even when he did, you know, of course he took care of it, but not, to a level of like really understanding a hair pattern, what his hair texture needs. Mm -hmm. So he's like, is this all necessary? And I'm like, and again, I don't know the back history, but I'm like, yes, babe, if it says it here, I'm sure that there's a reason for it or whatever, mm -hmm. but I'm so happy that you said that because now I can have him research because he's a research man himself of yeah. saying what this does and what the oil, um, what the cream does, the liquid, the oil, and then the cream. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that because I was like, why do we need all three? Yeah, no. Is it a gimmick? You know, my husband, he's like, well, why do we need all three? And I'm like, no, I'm sure there's a 
rhyme and a reason that all three fits. You know, I was like, you yeah. don't do your hair. So, you you know, I was like, I know me as a woman, I have my mousse, mm-hmm. I have my cream, I have to moisturize and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's just a technique of layering and moisture. Sure. And so, yeah, please tell them to do this research. Actually, we're working on some website updates. So we're going to put all this in there because people often have that question. And so we're going to put all that on the website so we can kind of simpli- easily explain yeah. why the products and why doing it in a certain order. But it also depends too on your hair texture and type. You know, some don't require as much as much moisture. So they may not necessarily need all three. They may just need two. So it just really depends. So I think this is also, again, it goes back to that education mm-hmm. um, and trying to educate, you know, us as boy moms, boys themselves, <laughs> like what it actually means to take care of your hair what kind of hair type you have and figuring out those products that you specifically need for your texture, your type to help you still maintain that health and growth. So how has your, first of all, what's your son's name? Oh, his name is Cade. Cade? Yeah, Cade. Okay. How has he been throughout this whole process? Because he's been there pretty much since inception. How does he feel about it? Is, is he inspired by it? Obviously he's young, but what is his take on, on all of this? Yeah, it's pretty exciting because obviously when we do Young King work, he's always like, Young King hair care, I'm working like mommy and daddy. <laughs> so he, he, he thinks he's the boss too, um, which is great because it's like he's taking ownership at such a young age of this company that he inspired us to create and build. So and I appreciate Does he understand that he's the one who inspired this of where it all came uh, I I think he understands when he sees himself on pictures or advertising and he's like, that's me. So we, like he understands that, but he won't, I don't think he'll really get, yeah, he won't get it. He won't appreciate it obviously until he's much older, right, sure. but I love being able to start with him right now and just taking him on this journey of seeing his parents literally kind of building something from nothing for him you yeah, know it's beautiful and a legacy to have with that you know is he a little salesman does he go to school like prior to this whole covid was he like you need young king hair like this he did, or did, you know because kids talk <laughs> yeah you yeah know? so it's funny one of his first because he just started pre-k3 and one of his first homework assignments i can't believe they have homework um was to create kind of an about me collage so we were like, what things do you want to put on there? What are the different things? And so we talked about, obviously, like his birthday. He wanted to talk about his birthday and how he loves airplanes. We had that. And he was like, Young King Hair Care. And I was like, oh, yes, let's talk about Young King Hair Care. <laughs> put Young King, um, just a flyer of him, a picture of me, my husband, and him just like in our Young King, you know, swag. And he, that's what he talked about at school that day. And that's <laughs> often that he had the, you know, the know-how or the thing to say, no, this is about me. And that's yep. already, that that seed was planted, you know? So that's exactly, awesome. Exactly, exactly. So tell me so how has the it. marketing been? Because look, we saw that on a regular campaign on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know with um, the Blackout Tuesday, I know in Juneteenth, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things. Um, how has marketing been for you on social media before COVID? Yeah, COVID, so COVID, it was... Off? Yeah, so it's interesting. Again, we just launched December 2019. So our original strategy was to really do a lot of in-person events. So we had scheduled like 15 plus events that we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we started with that Essence Holiday Festival. That was kind of our big reveal um, to the world in December of last year. Um, we did some Black History Month events, just like pop-ups here and there. We were going to go to Alabama. We were going to do New Orleans. Like, we were literally just going to do a roadshow um, because we just felt that that was important, especially as a new brand, to have a face behind it so people know who we are, know our inspiration. I mean, Kate wasn't going to go with us everywhere, but like sure, see but him on, yeah, be able to touch, smell, feel the product. Yeah. We thought that was just really important. So that was our, our plan, our strategy. And then of course COVID hit, right? Mm -hmm. So everything was canceled. And so we quickly just kind of pivoted and said, okay, well now we need to figure out what is our digital marketing strategy, which is again, something that we knew we were gonna do eventually, but it was like, Not now, <laughs> we have to do it now or there'll be, there's no other way. Yeah. Um, and so in doing that, we, you know, learned more about kind of Facebook advertising and all the nuances behind that, which you wouldn't even believe. Um, so just kind of playing with that and my husband, thank God for him, because he just kind of geeked out over it and trying to, you know, create the ads and figure oh, out all these different things. Asking oh, I should say that. Yeah. So my husband is a marketing. <laughs> he's a marketing professional. Okay, so, so he ran with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's worked, you know, at Coca-Cola, General oh, Mills. Wow. He works for Red Bull. So he's a marketing director right now. And yeah. so he, he gets all of that. Um, and so we build our strategy really on this kind of digital marketing rollout. So Facebook ads, um, Google, um, things like that. Um, and so that actually was worked really well for us. Um, and then at the same time that that was happening, everything from a social injustice standpoint was happening, right? Which is unfortunate because this has been happening to the Black community, but um, because of the back-to-back -back kind of deaths of Black men and women, um, it, it, it put a, a definitely a big focus on what it means to support Black small businesses mm -hmm. in terms of you know, keeping wealth within the community. Um, and so because of, you know, COVID forcing people to kind of shop more online, because of everything happening from a social injustice standpoint, it really helped to, to elevate our brand um, and, and help us become kind of recognized. And I think because our mission was focused on black boys and celebrating them. Oh, and I got the chills like that. Yeah, it just, it just all came, came together. Um, and so all of that to say, you mentioned Juneteenth, um, that was kind of our, our, our big kind of push, I guess, marketing campaign push. Man, when I tell you, Nicole, we had about six months of inventory stacked up and we sold out of it in four and a half weeks. Oh my gosh. Mm. Wow. And so that it was I like a gift and a again. Wow. Yeah, it was a gift and a curse though, because then because of COVID <clears throat> from a manufacturing standpoint, it was just a challenge sourcing materials and resources because everything was like shut down or pivoted to working on like hand sanitizer and things like that. And so we were out of products for two months. Wow. Two months. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, we're finally back up and running. We ordered more than enough inventory. So we're okay. We'll be fine. But it was just a really, it was a, a beautiful experience, but challenging. Nonetheless. I was going to say, what have you taken from that? Because I think it's amazing because think of everything, like, you know, you, you went from like a, a startup, which you still are, but you know, you're like, you have six months of inventory. 
we're going to, um, you know, we have six, you know, like we're going to go and okay, have, we're doing it really nimble. Stuff. We're going to go or just to talk to people. And I then guess. it's like, you know, no one expected COVID. So now you're like, okay, you have to pivot. So all these things you're navigating as a new business, business, business owner, entrepreneurship and all this. And then your product sold out and you're like, wow, what do we do? What do we so, do? What, okay. So obviously you ordered enough, but what have you, what are some takeaways that you, um, to try and prepare yourself, I guess, as much yeah. as you can for another, like, unfortunate, something that yeah. you can't, like, it unforeseen just, <laughs> event. Right. It just makes you look at your supply chain, right? Um, so that's everything from your manufacturing, mm. um, and it, which in our case, the manufacturer that we utilize, they do kind of ingredient sourcing, they do bottle sourcing for us, closures, mm -hmm. like, like they kind of do it all for us, which is helpful, at, again, as a small team of two, right. um, to be but able to do that. Side, in a time like this, when you need it, yeah. Exactly. So it's a little bit, it's a balance of, um, it's a balance of, you know, finding a diverse set of partners. Um, to be able to pull when you need certain things um, because, you know, funneling kind of everything through just through one uh, avenue or stream, it can, especially if a pandemic happens, right? Like no one, no one, no one would have thought, but you just never know. And so that just made us think that you always have to plan for worst case scenario, like always. Yeah, the worst, <laughs> um, worst case worst case scenario so just from a supply chain standpoint what are the different channels avenues that you need to have as backup to your backup to your backup so yeah. that just made us reevaluate that whole kind of flow process and system yeah. um, and then also recognizing that now how are we overly prepared from an inventory standpoint um, to say, just get everything you need from for now, and then we'll figure out. Like we'll just figure it out. But just like, yeah. just get everything. We just need everything again, just in case something happens. Absolutely. Um, so and that that was the biggest learning, just kind of supply chain. Yeah. Being yeah. I, I um, it's funny. We were watching a documentary last night, and it was um, and not to pivot, but it, I think it's important because the whole um premise behind all this, it, they were discussing actually about Puerto Rico and how Puerto Rico has been devastated by the back-to-back -back hurricanes. Mm -hmm. And this episode was describing they're not rebuilding, they're reinventing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that kind of just stayed with me because they're like, look, hurricanes aren't going to stop. Right. Disaster mm -hmm. could, you know, so to go to your point is like, you don't, we don't know, is there going to be another wave? We don't know what, what the aftermath of this is going to be. Is there another mm -hmm. normal? So it's like, it's not rebuilding, it's reinventing. And then how mm -hmm. do you go with that? You know, so they're trying mm -hmm. to do like sustainable things to where, you know, we have to, like I said, there's not going to never not be a hurricane, right? They're probably going to get worse. So how do they sustain that to where they don't have to import their food, they don't have to rely on mm -hmm. the states to kind of fund and provide for them. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a good point. Like you guys have had to reinvent and figure out, okay, how are we now going to change this process that we thought was going to be? So that Correct. in case something else does happen again, because it very well could be mm -hmm. that you're prepared. Correct. Because the last thing, it was just really hard for us those two months being out of product because obviously we, we still wanted to continue selling because we needed, you know, that flow to help support, um, help support continued production. But at the same time, we recognize how frustrating it was for people 
to just yeah. be without products though for so long. Yeah. And granted, our Young King family is amazing. You included Nicole, you all ride for us, you support us, you send us love notes. And so we, we had kind of that outpouring of love and understanding, but again, just because of how, how it impacted me and just my frustration with everything, I just, I, it, it was just very heavy on me, those two months of just not being able to give people um, our products in, a, in a, a short amount of time. It was really, so I was so to pivot a little bit, where did the campaign with the t-shirts come from? Which again, I have yeah. both. I, well, I, we got the one for um, for waiting. So thank you, because actually I was one of the ones who ordered on Juneteenth. Yeah. So I got my product, I think it, I think it was August. And I remember asking, because I thought too, I was like, wow, what's, what's going on? Which I figured yeah. it was COVID. And thank you, because your email, like everything has been, your customer service has been excellent. Just very- Thank you. Um, like you could tell it's coming from a place of, you know, like a personal, genuine mm -hmm. um, uh, place of just, you know, understanding. Yeah. But um, I have your Young King shirt. I have, I believe the Royally Crafted. And then mm -hmm. why do I feel like I have another one? Don't you have three? Oh, we have um, the Royalty in My DNA, Royalty, Royally Crafted, the Young King. Oh, Respect My Crown is another shirt. No, so then, yeah. So I have the first three, I believe. Three, yeah, yeah. I love it. So where did that <laughs> come? Was that so, inspired by? Well, so, so the, the original Young King branded shirts we created initially because when we first launched, we did these gift sets. Mm. And so as a part of the kind of the launch these gift sets it was like the three products a branded shirt a toiletry bag and a sponge well people loved it and so we, everyone loves the free gift set <laughs> they loved it and so we still have the gift set and we continue to order the shirts because they just love the young king gift shirts they love the toiletry bag we have so many moms that saying like our son just love having their own little grooming set so anyway so that's genius because we had that the one t-shirt um, that we offered the Young King shirt. Then we started getting requests for other shirts. Like, are you guys coming out with other like apparel, like just cute things? And we're like, okay, I guess we can look into it. So we started looking at other shirt designs, which my husband designed all of them. So that was cool. Like he designed all, all of it. Great. And the, but the um, royally um, royalty inside my DNA shirt, that was a part of a campaign that we launched. So with again this goes back to just like everything going on um with within the black community the social injustice um lives taken carelessly again for me as a boy mom it just it just hit different um and especially looking at my young son at three year old three years old yeah he's cute now but when are people actually going to start to look at him as a threat um and so we we decided me and my husband and just talking about what can we do what can we do we came up with this campaign to really celebrate boys and showcase their stories from their parents their the hopes and dreams that they have for their sons to just shed a light on on what our young kings are doing um and what they mean to this world and this society um and in doing that we so we're selling these shirts um, that we've donated um, profits from those shirts to two organizations um, here in Atlanta. Um, and those organizations both focus on kind of mentoring and empowering men of color. That's awesome. So that was just our way to say like, look, there's this narrative of black men 
Mm -hmm. um, and, and we want to change that for our boys because they will grow up to be black men and they are not a threat. They have genuine, they, their, their hopes, their dreams, their inspirations, their livelihoods are are not less than anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so that was the whole idea for that campaign and we're still running it, um, still, um, collecting kind of stories from parents that yeah, are I love talking watching about those that. videos and the, I think that was so genius because I think it did come at such an important time. I know with the whole George Floyd thing, and actually I want to kind of pivot a little bit to there because I did want to ask you being a, a black woman raising a black son. I'm not a black woman, but I am raising a black son in the yeah. eyes of America. He's going to be a black man. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, I mean, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, just unfat, just everything, yeah. so many emotions. Um, so you being a black woman, raising a black son, how have you been feeling amongst all of this? How has it changed you? How is it? Yeah. Like, what, you know, it was, it was really, really hard. And I think Again, this has happened for years, so I feel like we talk about this all the time, but it honestly, it was the Ahmaud Aubrey video. Um, and I usually try not to watch videos. I just, um, they just stick with me for a long time. And yes. I watched this one because I, just this, this idea that he was simply running, like was literally going for a jog um, and was trying to get around, go around people that wanted to take the law in their own hands um, and still killed for that. That for me, um, that just hit differently for me. Cause I'm, I, for me, I just thought about my son who plays outside, um, who likes to go for walks. um, And when he gets older, if he wants to run around the neighborhood, um, does he always have to be in fear? I don't want to get emotional, but I I just, um, yeah, that just for me was, um, it just, it, it kind of took me out and I was, um, in a really just a low, a low place because I just, I just had so much fear for my son and even my husband. Um, and so with all of that going on again, just talking to my husband about what can we do just us as small business owners of this brand that's all around black boys and black boy joy, what can we do? And so the campaign for us was just our release, our way to, to really respond to what's going on. And again, it's all around up, uplifting, celebrating, hearing stories from parents of boys about what their sons will be. <laughs> so that it just brings a face to these, the boys that will grow up to be men um, and, and letting the world know that they're, they're not a threat. <laughs> they have lives. They have- and it's, it's crazy that you have to put that in a sense, like the logic behind it is, yeah. is insane. I think of the same thing when we're walking around our neighborhood and I'm like, when Jace gets older, Mm-hmm. like what kind of conversations we're going to have to have and mm-hmm. even people that maybe have seen him in the same neighborhood since he's almost three are they going to still fearful you know it's and it's insane mm-hmm. that's to go for a walk to go for a run and how that has to um how their whole I don't even know what you call it of like thinking has to change once it has to change yep it um, has to change and, and to your point, the conversations that you have to have, even at an early age. <laughs> so it's not just 
when they're teenagers, I mean, when they're young and when they can understand. Um, and that's so sad. It's it so sad. I was, I interviewed um, during this, I, I reached out to a therapist who was a black woman and we were supposed to talk about um, the mental health load of moms, specifically in the mm -hmm. black and brown communities. That was like what mm -hmm. we were gonna talk about and mm -hmm. how marriage changes after you have kids, like this whole thing. Yeah. And, Ahmaud Aubrey and like all of these things happen and we spoke and we were like, okay, I think we need to discuss like you're a therapist, you, you're a black woman, what yeah. you're doing um, for your own self care, right? There's so much mental overload right now with, with what we're seeing on TV. And we had such a great conversation. And one of the take, cause I asked her, I was like, I had, I reached out to some of my girlfriends so what mm -hmm. do you want me to ask her? Like, what do you want to know? And they're like, how do we have these conversations, especially young? Like, how do we start? And what she said was, she's like, you have to start. And what she does with her um, young children, mm -hmm. daughter's about 15, but I think she has a one-year-old and I think I want to say five or six-year-old. Mm -hmm. Start with empowering. She's like, mm -hmm. because once they do reach a certain age, you then have to basically take the light away from them and say, okay, you are this and this, but they're going to see you as this. And she's like, and the mind shift that's going to occur. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. Oh, that is, yeah. They have to think like, wait, they're going to think I'm this. So she's like, so in our home, we just start from you are beautiful. You are strong. You are yeah. valued, you are loved, yeah. you are smart, you are kind. Mm -hmm. So that when we do have to have the conversations, it's not a, it's we're the problem. It's they're the problem. They're the problem. Mm -hmm. um, and that there's I nothing that. wrong with you. And I was like, yep. wow. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, and that just starts from young. Um, yep. like, but definitely even with my five-year-old, we have to have conversations. If we get stopped by the it. police where we have to put our hands and I'm like, oh my God, like their little minds, like how mm -hmm. do they even, it's just devastating, you know? Mm -hmm. And she said it is. She's like, but it, you have to come from an empowering place. And I just love that, which is yeah. why what you're doing is so amazing because representation, um, just positive, positive images, especially mm -hmm. surrounding young, the young kings and the young black boys is so important because those yes. young black boys are going to grow into grown men, which is then mm -hmm. where we have this issue of the white mm -hmm. people seeing the, and all the right. circle of craziness craziness um, yeah <laughs> and i don't yeah. even know any other word for it it's just yeah. I think, you know un incomprehensible but i love that um so i would say don't ever stop that you know yeah. and i'm sure you're not you know i know you know but it's like you yeah. know what you're doing is just it's so it's just amazing to have yeah words. and i i love everything you just said just that empowerment um first and foremost to to make them so that they're growing up thinking I'm not the problem. <laughs> that is so that is so right. You're instilling them the confidence yeah. that they need to show up in this world and to hold true to who they are um, and what they know to be right and just and all of those things. Correct. So by instilling them that that self worth, that confidence that your val your life is valuable, you should be, you can withstand anything. You can withstand, you know, even people that do think you're a threat, but just like knowing how to articulate yourself and, and showcase and share to them, you know, you, who, who you are. Right. It's just, that is just everything. It it's is. Everything. And, you know, we also spoke about the importance of education, of mm -hmm. showing them. Um, I, I told her there's a book and I don't know if you're familiar, it's called, Have You Thanked an Inventor Today? Oh. It's a picture of a black boy on the book. Um, and it's, it's a picture, it's a, it's a storybook 
but it's so it's so amazing because the story starts from this um young boy waking up black boy waking up and as his mother's as they're going about the day their mother's telling him did you know all the black inventors that invented the things as you go so from the refrigerator i love that and it's just amazing so we were talking about that of how the importance of education of not only knowing um what black people have done for this country in the world around everything but the true education within the united states right our history so we just you know but it was just a great conversation i love that i say all of that of empowering education um on the level of what of them understanding what they are capable of despite Mm -hmm. what people might think otherwise um and the true education of how this country was founded to as mm-hmm. to your point so that they can articulate in a way mm-hmm. of saying like I know better than for what I know we're better. trying to yeah. put you know right right um, oh, I love that book I need to I need yeah, to read I'll, it I'll <laughs> okay. have you an adventure today you think an adventure today because uh, we love like, story um, time yeah yeah <laughs> um for your three-year-old maybe like at this point like it's it's funny from month to month don't things change like I swear what we weren't doing a month ago yes yeah like he hated I, puzzles and i was like oh hoping and now no, he saw his puzzles, puzzles yes puzzles because he could actually sit that's my minutes. son too yes yes their interests change like that it does and i think what that has taught me is like don't give up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah, there's times where i'm like maybe he's not into it and i'm like you know what let me just leave it and it was in his closet and then just one day he was like mommy i want to do the puzzle and i'm like really Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, because his attention span would be, I can't do this. And then he'd be done with it and go play. Yeah. So we actually did it before bed last night. We did three of his little puzzles and I was so happy. So even like this book, like it's not your traditional like picture book. So I have yeah. it saved because I'm like, as he gets older and again, okay. you never know, maybe next month he might be into it. Yeah. Um, it's called, have you thanked an adventure? An adventure. Yeah. It's, it's such I a love it. great little book. And there's an author too. I don't know his name, so I'm not even going to mess that up because I, I can't remember, but I'll send you um, his because he, he specifically writes, I believe, for young Black boys and young Black men, oh, like fiction great. novels and stuff. Yes, great. Um, so I want to get his books for As Jace Gets Older, but I'll, I'll send you his information too. Yes, please. We love, um, love it all. So yeah, so I mean, and those are just to go with what, you know, and I think what you're doing is kind of proof of that as well, um, of building a legacy. And it's unfortunate, the past, it's unfortunate what's happened, but I truly am hopeful for the future. Mm -hmm. I really am. Me too, me too. Um, And I hope for our sons, I mean, they're they're a few, you know, they're very close in age, um, that it's just that we're heading in the right direction. I truly, truly believe that. Um, Yeah you know, and hoping, I mean, I don't know what else we're going to have to endure sometimes to kind of get to that other side. And, mm-hmm. but I am hopeful that with things like this, that there, that, that we have the imagery that has been much needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would say I'm hopeful um, for change. I know it'll be slow change. Nothing ever comes fast or easy, but I'm hopeful because I feel like this moment that we've experienced, and maybe it's a result of COVID, I don't know what it is, but this moment this year, we actually saw even major companies, you know, denouncing, speaking up. And we've never seen that before. Nicole, you know, statement, no. Right. We've never seen the level of attention, of communications that have been put out. Of, of CEOs of major companies coming out, businesses, retail businesses coming out. Um, that just hasn't happened what, what about uh, the in NBA? the last couple of years. Have you watched years. any NBA, NBA games? 
Do you see sports the teams? Exactly. Like, and again, you know, if we go back to Trayvon Martin happening, right? Like Tamir Rice happened. That happened years ago. Well, we can um, go and further. It was, it was Amadou in Brooklyn. He was shot. I forgot how many times we're going his wallet for reaching for his wallet in Brooklyn. And this was like the early two that maybe nineties, two thousand. Yes. Yes. This oh. is, this is not a new thing. So no. this has been happening, but I think this moment um, for people, I, I don't, it, it took, I don't know what it, it finally clicked and I'll, I'm grateful that it clicked. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just hopeful based on the, the attention that has been a result of everything happening that will be able to sustain that and real and change will come. I, I agree. And it's crazy because even some of the followers, some white women that usually have always, I mean, I saw white mothers who are from like mm-hmm. Kansas, Iowa that mm-hmm. I follow. I mean, I'm a mom group and I was like, wow, like, yeah. thing, like what is going on? Mm-hmm. And I think to your point, maybe it is COVID. I think COVID made all of us stop. I think mm-hmm. the world was like, yeah. uh-uh. God, the universe, whatever you want to believe in was like, time out. Time out. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Because God was like, we just need to stop. Like, stop. Because we were, it was like just spiraling. You're right. Spiraling you're so right. on all levels. So and right. think of, you know, as devastating as it's been to our economy and certain things. And, um, you know, my husband and I were very fortunate. We weren't really affected by that. And, you know, knock on wood and just mm-hmm. very thankful but we did, you know, um, I think COVID made people have to stay home and watch those videos. A lot of those moms probably would have been, you know, mm-hmm. in their own world and right. the world stopped um, Ahmad Aubrey for them to mm-hmm. actually see what was going on. And I think it was like, oh, shoot, you know, right. Is. This is happening. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, and this is just what we're that. catching on film. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, so I think you're right, though. God just said stop. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> so true, though. Time out. Um, Time out. I mean. Actually, I want to ask you, like, what have you learned during COVID, not business wise? Mm-hmm. And we're going to start pivoting to like, I want to know about you, Cora. So we're going to start getting into some questions like about you. I know you guys love to travel. My husband mm-hmm. and I love to travel. So I want to talk yes. a little bit about that. Yes. Um, so tell me, what have you learned during quarantine? Um, I've learned a lot. (laughs) I I would say, honestly, I would say my biggest learning is um, just so obviously being married, you know what your husband does for a living, like, you know that, but it's not until you're in close quarters every day and you see him actually working. Um, And he'll say the same for me. Like, we didn't realize the actual skill set. and I hate to say this, the intellect, I know that sounds terrible, but like, you just don't realize that or appreciate, yeah. or appreciate like what your significant other does on a day-to-day basis and how mm-hmm. they manage things and how they handle things. Like he, and he'll say the same thing for me too. Like just seeing us in our work mode. Yeah. And, and we always, and oftentimes, you know, we go to our separate offices, so we're doing our things, you know, we come home sometimes on the evenings, we have to do a little bit of work, but that's, compels in comparison to being in close quarters Monday through Friday um, and just hearing and seeing the things that your significant other does from a work professional standpoint. So for me, that was just, it's just been so eye-opening. I'm like, wow, honey, like, pretty <laughs> <good."> <laughs> that's awesome. So 
have been good for you guys then you guys found that you because i don't know if you saw but there are so many reports of like people breaking up and yeah, and i'm no. like i'm like if that happened then that meant that your relationship again correct everything said time out it was like people were reevaluating because nothing changed for my husband and i like right you know so when i saw these reports i'm like really and then yeah. i thought about it and i'm like well if some people never spent that much time with their spouse or didn't yeah really you can see why that happens yep <laughs> you know yeah no for us i i think we even grew into a greater appreciation mm -hmm. for each other um in in terms of not only from just obviously we love each other and all of that but just from a professional standpoint and and what it takes to even grow this business that we have i think there was just this greater appreciation for what each other brings to the table yeah. um, and just balancing our skill sets against each other um it's actually been really really great that's <laughs> really awesome. great no, that's yeah. awesome. I hear, I love to hear those stories. Cause like I said, I've, I've seen and heard of things and I'm like, Oh gosh, but that's, that's great that, um, you know, you guys were able to kind of see the good side of it and really come together and appreciate that. Cause that's right. So important, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So let's talk about your love for travel. Yes. Um, where, ha where has, I know I see the smile on your face <laughs> and I'm sure we could, we could vote. Cause so tell me your top three favorite places. I know that's so hard, um, but I, my top three would have to be, and I'm not putting them in order, um, but it would have to be Thailand, um, Bali, and Spain would wow. be my three we've been to favorite two. We've places. never been to Bali, but we've been to Thailand. We actually went for my honeymoon and I was pregnant. <laughs> that was a whole different experience because I was oh, my first trimester and I was oh, so scared. So nervous. <laughs> Yes. Um, so that we always say we have to go back and Spain was, was beautiful. I love, I love, and I love those three for different reasons. And yeah, to your point, we've traveled a bunch. We just, that's just, we just love it. It's just yeah. our passion. And before COVID, I mean, we took our son with us everywhere. So, just so tell just, me about how was your traveling before your son? And then how was it after your son? Did you make any adjustments? Yeah, obviously traveling before our son, we were just like, we find a flight deal, we just go. Like, we didn't have to like plan things out. We just literally like book things. Oh, there's a cheap ticket to Dubai. Let's just go. Literally, that would That's be our, awesome. our life. Um, but, uh, you know, with a child, um, you can't do um, that many impromptu things. So we just, we knew we travel just as important to us. That's what gives us life that's what renews our energy um and so we wanted to bring our son into that so it wasn't that we were going to stop it's just you know finding those places where we you know could take him and could do you know be together as a family and still introduce him to new cultures and food and experiences um and so we did i mean at three months um we took him to jamaica um <laughs> like <laughs> eight months we went to Hawaii like nice before he turned two was this two I don't remember we did uh, we called it Cade's world tour so we took him back to Spain we love Spain so we just yeah. love Spain um we took him to Spain he went to Morocco um wow. we did Paris wow. <laughs> took him to Disneyland Paris. that's <laughs> awesome so we just we just take him and um and he's such a trooper um he did so great on those flights so we just yeah 
and we would have gone, you know, this year, but obviously that didn't happen. So we just, we just bring him into what we love, what we enjoy and, and want to create those memories. Have, are you thinking of maybe traveling within the United States a little bit more before you travel out or are you just focused right now? Yeah, I think with COVID, I don't know that we'll be going anywhere internationally yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so right now we are trying to figure out what we can maybe do. We usually travel during Thanksgiving. Um, so we're trying to figure out maybe what we, what we could do in the States. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're, we don't know. We, uh, we don't know. We haven't really gone anywhere, <laughs> which yeah. is great because we said, um, thank God we took a trip for my birthday, actually, at the beginning of the year, we went to the Seychelles. And so that was like our last big trip. And then COVID happened. So I was like, at least thank God we did something. So tell me how many, do you know how many countries, how many continents? What is like my husband's goal in life is to touch every continent. Like that's his bucket. That's that's my husband's goal too. Um, man, I don't even know. I think my husband's the one that tracks all these things for us. Like, do you know? Like, I don't know how many countries either. I, I know how many no, I was like, been on total. I think like just from like, since we've been together between like United States and different countries. Um, but like, I would, had to think about it. So I was like, oh my gosh, I, instead of thinking of how many trips, I want to know like how many countries we've Con- been to. Yeah. Countries. Definitely. Or like continent, like what continents are you guys, do you have left? I'm sure Antarctica. Antarctica. <laughs> I was like Antarctica for sure. And honestly, well, I guess Seychelles counts because I have not actually been to Africa, like mm. motherland Africa. Um, I've done Morocco, but again, see, those are, I feel like those don't count. <laughs> I know, it's Africa, but I was like, those don't count. They should no, count. I know, I know <laughs> they count, but like. It count because you touch Africa, but not, I know yeah. you want to. Um, yeah. Actually, my two favorite was Italy. I'm Italian, but we went to, um, um, oh God, Tuscan, Tuscany. Oh yeah. With Love Diane Italy. Lane. Um, t- under the Tuscan sun and yes. I, like, I need to go there one day. Love and, it. It's beautiful. Um, that was, I, I told my husband, if anyone said, can you live there right now? I'd be like, bye to the world. And we're yep. moving. Um, <laughs> I love it. Oh, it was just. That's <sighs> how I feel about Spain though. Honestly, I'd be like, I just want to. I think anywhere, I think Europe in general, it's just a different, it's just so different. I love um, it. Love but in Africa, my husband's friend, crazy enough, one of his best friends from Brooklyn moved. He's actually a Rasta. So he's did oh. the whole I, and I don't want to say the wrong verbiage of moving from, um, um, from the United States and basically going back to the motherland. Wow. Um, and he's American. His wife is a teacher there and they actually bought property. So wow. we, able, we were able to go to Kenya and it was such a beautiful, that was, actually was my second favorite trip. And I ended up getting food poisoning because I had oh. ice and you're not supposed to drink the water. Like when you go to, oh. and it was still the it was a credible experience the experience because we didn't stay with the tourists we got to stay with them so we got yeah. to stay with them in um basically like a like a, a a beach town it's called Mombasa in Kenya we got to do a safari and I was there for about a week um I love it it was, it was just amazing so I would say if you could like have that next beat like Africa was Kenya was just yeah that's that's on our list literally um although i would love to go to morocco because i hear morocco is absolutely beautiful too that's a different oh that's a whole different lifestyle um but we've actually booked twice to go to south africa and we were going to do other countries and each time we've had to cancel that trip the first time i found out i was pregnant and i by the time Cade, what we I would have been like eight nine months and i was like we couldn't do that and then unfortunately the other time we tried to go 
my husband's mom passed away, which was, I'm so, so grateful that we were still here when that happened. Um, That would have been devastating. That would have been devastating to be all the way over there and trying to scramble to get back. Um, So anyways, we're like, maybe third time's a charm for us. Or maybe they'll try to go through South Africa way. Or we don't go through South Africa. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, Cora. So let's get into a quick get to know. What is your favorite movie? The Wiz. Oh, really? Nice. And you were so like, I love I, And I, I always laugh when I say that, but because it's like so childish, but it's literally like the best movie ever. Is it, is it, does it bring you back nostalgia when you like, is it, it a does. It does. Like every, every time I see that movie or hear, you know, one of the songs from the movie, I just think about my childhood and being absolutely obsessed with that movie, like obsessed with it. And obviously it came out, you know, many, many, like I wasn't even like, I don't even think I was born when it actually came out. Um, And and maybe I was, I don't know, but I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it for the first time until I was like nine, 10. Um, But just seeing so many beautiful black people dancing, singing, costumes, Michael Jackson, um, Diana Ross, like just in all right. of their glory. Um, and I just, I love that. I still have it on DVD. I, love I'm waiting, I know, I'm sure you're waiting to introduce it to your son. Yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> we will awesome. be watching that when he can actually what, sit that What's off. his favorite movie? What movie are you guys? Oh my gosh. We, if I watch Cars, one more time, Disney. Oh, Cars. that's his thing. So Cars cars we will literally he would watch it every weekend if we let him um so i'm trying to introduce him to other disney movies i'm like we don't just have to watch cars yeah he's like obsessed with lightning mcqueen his his thing is dinosaurs we're in the dinosaurs good dinosaur anything with dinosaurs Dinosaurs. it's funny because we saw a good dinosaur and i cried it's such a beautiful movie it's such a great movie although i feel disney movies like it's heavy like we watched the lion king um that like like, I didn't think about it obviously as an adult like you know what the storyline is but watching my son watching Lion King like it happened to be I'm like oh I mean of course he doesn't get the thing but I'm like oh my god the uncle kills the father and the yeah Disney movies have some layers like Coco uh (laughs) that movie I definitely was bawling on (laughs) like right and inside out I mean it's a beautifully the way the movie is but it's heavy (laughs) it's heavy like some of these movies have really heavy themes but I'm like I mean I I love Disney movies no I know no for sure for sure but it's like one of those things like I'm like gosh we're gonna have to get prepared to like explain these things because what if you ask and be like why did the brother kill the father father like like, how do you explain that like because he's a bad person yeah but he's the uncle like it's it could yeah 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 a little technical (laughs) um what's your favorite book my favorite maybe not your favorite, but book. one that like you'll go back to, one that maybe inspired you. So I will say, um, well, a little bit of that, but one that I'm currently reading is Becoming by Michelle Obama. Um, I'm Great. just getting started, so I'm only in her college years. Mm-hmm. But already, like what that woman has gone through, um, she's just like in my eyes, the epitome of, of grace excellent of regalty like she is just everything for me um and so just reading her story and again I'm only in our college years right now I'm just like this this, like my god like 
Just kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. So anyways, that's the book that I'm currently reading now. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to actually finish that book. Um, yeah. But to your point, just around having the time, I'm like you, I love to read. Before Kate, I was reading all the time, constantly. Um, and I was able to do it a little bit when I was like on maternity leave yeah. and, you know, he would be sleeping, but man, that definitely has changed. So it takes me a lot longer, which annoys me. Cause then I, when I finally pick up the book again, I have to go back and reread to remember <laughs> what I read. So it's just like, uh, I'm just, you know, I'll say I'm excited, especially as I transition to work on the business full time, that at yeah. least I'll have a little bit more. Sure. Cause sure about, well, actually that's going to go into my next question. What does self-care mean to you? And what do you do for your mental health breaks? Oh my you God. Are juggling motherhood, being a wife, being Cora, yeah. being a business owner, being uh, an employee. What, I know. All the things. What do you do to maintain your sanity? Um, a couple of things. Uh, one is I like to go on walks. <laughs> I know that that sounds really simple, but it gives me time to just decompress. So we have a trail over here that you know, I go, I'll take Cade with me sometimes. It'll just be my, my be my husband or just me. Mm-hmm. And it, it just allows me to just walk and just, I just kind of clear my mind of all the clutter. Um, so that's a good kind of moment and time for me to just like take a deep breath, saw, enjoy the outdoors. So I love just a simple walk um, is everything actually. Yeah. Um, other moments of self-care, um, I'm one of those. I love getting my nails done. Um, <laughs> so I say, I'm like, husband, uh, I, it's that time that I just need <laughs> these two hours to go to the nail shop. Yeah. Um, so the, that's a, that's a moment for me in self-care. Um, I, when I can reading books mm-hmm. when I can. And one other thing that I'm starting to do now, and I, I want to do a better job is journaling. Um, I've heard I'm really using prompt. a prompt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, I took this kind of just a little class, um, around journaling and it was, you know, you always think, cause I used to, <laughs> me, I used to have a diary. I used to write in a journal well, and I would just went to school for journalism. I yeah. So I just used to just kind of free write. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this idea of kind of focused writing in terms of finding a prompt, a quote, whatever it is to anchor on and then kind of free flowing from there. And so that's what I want to start to do because I feel like it is just a helpful exercise to just kind of decompress and see where your pen takes you. Yeah. Um, And so that's what I, I want to start to incorporate more into my kind of self care. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And how is it balancing? And I'm sure you couldn't do what you do without your husband's support. Mm-hmm. right you know yeah like having that I think it's so important um, to have a partner on both sides of supporting each other and saying like you said I need to take these two hours like yesterday I got my hours down my hair my nails <laughs> my husband's like okay I'm not gonna see you for and I'm like yes yep like, yeah. okay mm-hmm. you know but you need that you know on both sides and he on needs both his sides. to say exactly. um, so I think having a supportive partner is so key too yes Hallelujah for that. (laughs) Yes, that they can understand and also not take maybe resentment or saying you're going to take the time, but saying, no, you take the time that you need, you know? Absolutely. Um, What has motherhood taught you? I think the biggest 
thing that motherhood has taught me is um, patience. Mm. Um, patience, not only for, I would say patience more so not for the child, but for myself. Um, I oftentimes find myself just running and moving quickly and trying to get things done. And I mean, you know, we, you, because you wear so many hats, you're just trying to do things efficiently and just move and move and go. Um, but with a child, especially a young son at this age, you have to stop, yeah. you have to hear them, and you have to understand and kind of move um, at a pace that maybe you are uncomfortable with. Right. Um, and so that for me, I just, I've had to adjust. Um, I've had to adjust trying to rush to do things. I have to, I had to adjust trying to quickly go through a book or a puzzle because I needed to get something else. I need to pause. I need to be patient and I need to recognize that he needs the time from me as his mom, just as much as I need time from him as my son and that bonding experience that we create. So that's definitely the, the biggest thing that, and I'm still learning, right? I don't get it perfect, but that's the biggest thing for me. It's just like yeah. that, that patience. <laughs> yeah. To just surrender. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a vice president of finance and HR. Um, so I've worked in accounting and um, kind of built my career of like, go, go, go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And when my son was born, I had to take a break because I just, I was like on the, I was on the hamster wheel. And then yeah. I went to a more like subdued, I worked for a university and then my mm -hmm. mind was like, no, like it was great. You know, I got yeah. great time off, great benefits. Yeah. Mind was like, no, like <laughs> you can find, you can find a happy medium. And I, and I have, thank God. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, but being in a high level executive position, like my mind, you know, and trying to do what I'm doing for mom is no best. So I think mm -hmm. what you said is, is just so key. And so many moms I've talked to that is it's like patience on whatever level you need it for and finding mm -hmm. that grace um, grace with yes. yourself to say it's OK that either I need the time mm -hmm. or it's, it's OK that I'm not going to do the laundry today. It's OK. <laughs> right. You know, and I need it to. Spend is, time it is what it is, right? <laughs> what advice? Um, actually, it'll be a twofold kind of. What advice do you want to say on here for your son? You know, like what words you want him to know? What would you love for him to kind of carry with him? And then any final thoughts to the podcast world? Any yeah. final thoughts to the listeners? Um, I would say for my son, what I want him to know is that everything that my husband and I are building for this brand. Um, what we're doing is because of him. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always want him to remember, especially in those times where you just mentioned where you're trying to work on 50,000 things and you're trying to be efficient and, and do things. And I may not be able to give him the time that he needs, um, but you know, there's a bigger picture um, and that I want him to be, a part of that um, and become in the fold and be on this journey with us. And so while it may seem boring right now for us to go to the warehouse to look at packaging and he's sitting there with us, um, I just hope that as he gets older, he'll, he'll remember these moments and he'll say, yes, I understand why you did that. Yeah. I just never, my fear is, I, I just never want him to grow up and say, you know, because you guys were starting this business that impacted my childhood. Yeah. Um, I just never would want him to ever feel like that. And so um, I think by, you know, doing what we can to balance, 
you know, the business with his needs. Um, I hope that that will help <laughs> in the future. You know, we'll never, we never know. We'll never get it right. Right. There's no perfect way to parent or do things. Um, and we'll, you know, I'm sure he'll tell us when he gets older, what we could have done differently, but I just, you know, that's just my, my greatest hope for him. And what I hope that he realizes when he gets older is, you know, what we were, we were doing this all for him. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm sure he will. What's that quote? It's like, if you're worried about being a good mom, you know, you already are one. So yeah. if you're worried yeah. about that for your son, it's already yeah. there. I mean, the fact that, you know, you're, you're making him so cultured by traveling the world. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, like any child, it takes time. I mean, even think about us. I know it took me time as I got older to really appreciate my parents and stuff. Yeah, things. yeah, um, right. But the fact that you're worried about it, it can't, you can't lose on that aspect because it's always going to be there and you're always going to consciously think to make sure that you're balancing that. So that's beautiful. So what are your final thoughts to the podcast world? Ah, final thoughts. Um, I would just say that, um, you know, being a mom definitely gives me so much joy in my, in my, my life. I, you always hear that. Um, you always hear about how much parenthood and becoming a mother just changes you. Um, but I never thought it would change me in the ways that it did. Um, not only, you know, patience, um, it's teaching me, but the simple fact that I became an entrepreneur. If you would have asked me before my son was born, if I would be doing what I'm doing now and, and becoming an entrepreneur, I would have laughed. I would have said, no, um, I'm, I'm comfortable with my corporate job. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with life and where I'm at. Um, but just him having him in my life and, and seeing a need because of him and his experience and his, not his experience, my experience with him and just trying to do his hair um, literally spawned a brand and a business. Um, and so I would just say that you never know where your, your motherhood journey will take you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you never know kind of what you'll, what you'll, you know, learn and how motherhood really changes you in ways that you could have even imagined, Absolutely. but just be ready to embrace that and, and, and take that whatever comes your way head on because it's going to be so worth it in the, in the long run. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Cora. It's been a pleasure getting to know Thank you. you. Um, I cannot wait to see the future of Young King Hair Care. I will always be there to support. I appreciate it. I can't wait you. for the shampoo and the conditioner. Um, actually, it's so funny. I, I, I've been dying to take a picture of him in his shirt so I can oh, tag you guys yes, on it. yes, please do. We're trying to run us to take a picture of a, you know, he's at the age now. It's like, no. And then his head is turned. So I'm, I'm trying to want to take it with like being so nonchalant about it <laughs> yeah i understand <laughs> take a picture i understand um, but no so continued success with young king hair caroline and again thank you so much for coming on and sharing your motherhood yeah. journey sharing your truth um and your inspiration behind it and good luck with everything thanks nicole i appreciate you have a great weekend <laughs> you too take care bye and bye thank you for listening to the mamas know best we got something to say podcast if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.